Today on the show, reacquainting ourselves with the four last things plus one in this month dedicated to the all saints and all souls, plus your monastery down the block and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. You have indeed hit the play button on the Catholic Underground, the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 432 for those of you who are playing the home game. I am Father Chris Decker, priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And joining me this week, we got the gang back together. Kathleen Lee's here. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, good to be back. Also, Olivia Galino's here, as she always is. She is, the, she is like the mighty bulwark of the Catholic Underground. The hoodie woody. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, we've got uh, up on the Jeff Star one, we've got Albert Dupont, who is uh, keeping things in orbit. Hey, Albert, he's over there. And then Ed, Ed is also in Der Ballenpitten. Um, yeah. I mean, see, I mean. Right. Yeah, yep. yeah, making sure that the audio or the video works with the audio and all of that. Alrighty, well, it is indeed, uh, by by our reckoning, uh, the month of November. Mm. So if you're watching us, you're listening to us in a month other than November, it was November. And, and in, in the Catholic world, that means something to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you who perhaps aren't Catholic or are just kind of rediscovering things, the month of November means something important to Catholics because October 31st means something important to Catholics. It's mm-hmm. not just the day of dress up, right? Yes. Where, right? Where you dress up as ghouls to scare them back to, uh, to where they came from. But no, it's, it's the day in which we prepare for All Saints and All Souls Day. That's why it's called All Hallow- Hallows Eve. I don't know why I changed my accent. Uh, All Hallows Eve or Halloween, right? Yep, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know about y'all, but I have seen some fantastic... Halloween costumes uh, on the Twitter mm. that are uh, families dressing up oh, yeah. Yeah. as as saints, yep. mm-hmm. which is really, really kind of cool. In fact, I, I was talking with Father Humphreys of Catholic Underground fame uh, mm-hmm. this past week, and I said, you know, looking through my Twitter timeline and Facebook for that matter, I haven't seen a whole lot of like market like brand name yeah. costumes, yeah. but there were a lot of uh, of, of handmade, a lot mm. of um, a lot of just creative things. Yeah, like uh, I saw our, our local weatherman. Um, he dressed up as the cone of uncertainty. I saw that. Uh, See, yeah. my Halloween yeah. costume, which is a hurricane thing, by yeah. the way. Yeah. My Halloween costume was I made little hurricanes out of like um, the batting that you put in pillows, uh-huh. and uh, I made little hurricanes and I put "Hi, my name is" name tags on them. And Clever. I made them all seven hurricanes that we were in the cone of uncertainty for. Yeah, there you and that go. Was my because me and some of the other teachers were like the scariest parts of 2020. So oh, I that's was, that's very clever. Yeah, so I was yeah. hurricane season. And so I was talking with Father Ryan about this, and I said, "What do you suppose is behind the fact that you don't see a lot of brand name, you know, type of things?" He says, "Well, Hollywood basically shut down, mm-hmm. and and these kind of bastions of of yeah. uh, of." culture like culture production if mm-hmm, you will sure uh, haven't been around for almost a year now and uh, and so people have actually had to get creative mm-hmm. i was like what a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to see that kind of creativity yeah. too so and yeah. i saw a lot of throwback costumes too like yeah magic school bus and like yeah. mm-hmm. i can't think of anymore right now but like just things that i hadn't thought about in years yeah and people you can always count on the 90s yeah. Yeah, to like, show up yeah. yeah, because people are discovering all these shows on uh, on their various streaming services, yeah. and so it's new to them, and so uh, or maybe old to them, and yeah. they're just remembering. 
I saw, my favorite one that I saw was um, a blessed Carlo Acutis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was on this little boy had he had the dark hair. Yeah, I mean, naturally. Awesome. Yeah. And he had on like a you know the, the, Adidas, the Adidas jacket. Adidas jacket. That's it was awesome. I saw he looked, him, I was like, he looked mm. pretty. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. It's um, one one of our own uh, parish administrator songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's amazing. Well done. Yeah. yeah. So the reason we're talking about costumes and all of this uh, is because of what comes next, right? We, we recognize certainly all saints and all souls in the month of November, and that's mm-hmm. why this month is important to us. Uh, we, we recognize certainly all saints, uh, which would be all of the saints who are officially recognized by the church, those who the church can designate, because she is given that authority to do mm-hmm. so, can designate that after scrutiny, we can verify that these men and women are indeed holy, they are in the beatific vision, they are in the presence of God, and they are worthy of emulating. Right, yeah. And so it's really kind of cool that we dress up as them too. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a, that, that imitation of what we would like to uh, to aspire unto. Yeah. yeah. I love, like, that is one of my favorite things uh, when there is a new saint that's going to be beatified or, or mm-hmm. even canonized, you know, they've been through the process and it's like, it's like a to do, like it's mm-hmm. a, it's true. it really is a celebration of the church. Cause it's like, man, this is a new person that, um, that is, is there to pray for us, but also like, they're just so vast and so different, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, you look at bless, you know, blessed Carlo Acutis and, and, how different he is than any other saint. And so mm-hmm. I was talking to my students about, you know, they had done some reports on saints and I said, how many of you, you know, your saint was, uh, you know, um, from a religious order, they were either a priest or a nun. And they were mm-hmm. like, yeah, all of us. And I said, how many of them lived more than 300 years ago? You know, I got me, me. And I said, okay, well, what about this dude? And I showed mm-hmm. him and they were like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yep. That's possible. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, it is. it's possible. Yeah. yeah, you know. And then we talked yeah. about John Paul II that his mm-hmm. feast day just came and went, and um, and you know we were talking about the process of it, yeah, and how you know it could take hundreds, thousands, of, you yeah. know, I don't know, maybe thousands, but you know, hundreds of years. Yeah, I said, or you know, it could happen within a decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it like opens up for us to the like just like that like it's possible like i know a lot of people whenever blessed carlo Acutis was becoming a blessed they were like this dude was one year older than me or like mm-hmm. he I had played a playstation with the same, yeah, yeah i played with the same playstation yeah. and it just kind of boggles the mind mm-hmm. to be like like this dude is in heaven and mm-hmm. is praying for right. us you know and has already become a saint in our lifetime, and mm-hmm. we're not even that old, you know? And he advanced yeah. quickly yeah. In, in the ranks, yeah. In fact, next episode, so this is your teaser for next week, mm-hmm. uh, next week we're going to talk about all the saints and just the the varied uh, backgrounds from yeah. those saints. The other thing we, we talk about in the month of November is all souls, and that would include us, right? Mm-hmm. And it would also include all of our loved ones who have gone before us. Yeah. And so, the thing about uh, about what we believe as as Christians is that we don't assume that whenever someone dies, they automatically go to heaven. Right. That's actually never been part of of Christianity, and it's only been in the last five hundred years um, when people have kind of separated themselves from from how the church works. Right. Mm-hmm. That uh, that we begin kind of just assuming that mm-hmm. because we don't have the the, the lived experience of of certainly our Catholic faith, but in many cases, Christianity behind us, mm-hmm. you know? And so we, we make it very clear that we definitely consider ourselves to be souls yearning for sainthood, trying to, to, to get to that point, right? right? But we never presume God's mercy. We never presume that, uh, that, that it's just a done deal. Yeah. And so connected to that, this episode, we're going to talk about the f- 
the four last things. Mm-hmm. And uh, right up at the top of the show, we, we don't want to tease you too much, right? The, the, the four last things are death, judgment, heaven, or hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and you might say, well, what about purgatory? Well, we'll talk about that too, because that's kind of like Bonus. four plus one, yeah. right? You know, exactly. It's and like, s- like tacked on to heaven. It's it is like, tacked on to heaven. It's like that's pre-heaven. Exa- that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. it's the, uh, the the waiting room, so to yes. speak, if you will. Yeah. And so many people can say, well, what about all this? Because Jesus talks about... Um, certainly he, he talks about death. He, he, you know, whenever he gives the, uh, the parable, talks about the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, he mm-hmm. makes it very clear that, that all of us will have to experience death at some point in our lives. That's just the, the natural, uh, way in which a fallen humanity, um, must, uh, m- must, must go. It's mm-hmm. the way that all flesh must go after original sin enters into the world. Mm-hmm. And and so Jesus is very clear about that in the scriptures. Even he knows that that his life is going to end in death, mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's just the reality of it. Yeah. And so when we talk about about death, um, I'm always reminded of what Saint Benedict says about it: is that we ought to keep death always before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's even like the the ancient philosophers or the classical philosophers like Plato and Aristotle and Socrates before them. They considered um, philosophy, which is kind of like an education on living, yeah. but they considered the heart of philosophy to be a preparation for death, yeah. right? And they had their various reasons Even an for ancient that. philosopher, right? Yeah. Even a pre-Christian philosopher. Yeah. yeah, and they had like some different ideas about the soul that kind of informed that, mm-hmm. that we wouldn't, you know, necessarily ascribe to. But I think that they're right about that. You know, yeah. like the truth in that is is solid, that this life is a preparation for what's coming next, mm-hmm. right? And the the threshold for the what's coming next, or as the, the Jews call it, the, the world to come, yeah. is death, right? Mm-hmm. And it's inescapable, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been defeated, right? But it is inescapable and it will, sure. you know, come for all of us. Um, but yeah, I just love how like even the these pagan philosophers understood that like what this life is, is meant for is to prepare us for that mm-hmm. final moment and then that, that That's right. And yeah. it's really interesting too that that even in the ancient world, so this would have been a world uninformed by by Jesus Christ, right. you yeah. know. Um, and maybe only loosely informed by the Near Eastern religions and mm-hmm. loosely informed by Judaism, there still was a sense in those ancient uh, in those ancient learned ones that this this can't be all that there is. Mm-hmm. Right. That there there is some value to creation. And, and that value is is made even greater by the fact that even though creation ends, something comes next. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's really, you know, and we've, I think we've talked about this before, Olivia and I, when we talked to our students about there's, al- there's always the, the soul-crushing, you know, teaching that you have to say, yes, yeah, Sparky's not going to be in heaven, oh, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, and, yeah. and then having to talk to them about, like, if this, if this, what makes you happy on earth, mm-hmm. is, is it? what are we doing? That's right. right. Yeah. You know, and and encouraging them that what is beyond this life Mm -hmm. is a hundred million times better than anything that brings you happiness here on earth. And so like, can you imagine that? And they're like, no, I'm not the dog. And it's like, okay, you know, but, but having that discussion, it's hard to think, Mm -hmm. you know, of what is what is what are we made for yeah. what is coming next because we don't experience that here on earth you know what i mean yeah, yeah. we don't yeah we we whenever we experience the fulfillment of something that we desire right. 
we immediately begin to seek the next thing that will fulfill right. us. Yeah, to keep that going. Yeah, to keep it going, yeah. right? We, 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 uh, as soon as we get the thing we want, we change directions and go towards the next thing that we want. Yeah. And death is the, the kind of the one door that we can't see past. It's, yeah. it's the one veil that we, we can't peel back to our satisfaction. Yeah. We yeah. can only see um, really what our faith tells us about death, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be informed uh, about it by the one who is God. Yeah. yeah. And it's in like it can be something terrifying because it's it's like the definition of the unknown, right? right? Because mm -hmm. after that, like it is unknown, and like no one on in this life has experienced it, so it's not like you can find a wiser elder and say right, like right, speak right. to me of the wisdom of beyond right. death. Now that like, you've come back, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. right. Now that you've set foot there, wherever your foot would be. Mm -hmm. right. um, but at the same time, it's not something to be scared of, right? right? And I think like. I struggle with that because, um, I mean, my family, it, you know, Sicilians that we are, like, we're always talking about death, right? So-and-so died, whatever. Um, or my parents. That's right. The obituary about, is the news column yeah, in the family. Uh -huh. yeah, right? yeah, right. Um, I've been, I've been to, I can't even tell you how many funerals. Like, it's just part of, like, the culture. My parents talk sure. about all the time, well, when I'm gone, whatever. Right. And I'm just, you know, and I just, I'm always, like, I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, we try to kick that can down the road as much as we can. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. But at the same time, I, I know, I want to integrate this knowledge more, but I know that that is a, um, a gateway to being even more alive than we are right now. Yeah. Yep. Right, yeah. like my students saw, I put up a, a bunch of saints for the month of November on my walls and they saw Carlo Acutis and of course they were like, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> and, and they were like really surprised. One girl was like, wait, he's dead? And I was like, no, in fact, he is yeah. more alive yeah, than right. you, yeah. you and I are. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's that that necessary kind of like reckoning. And I think it's scary because it's, it's a moment where we're alone, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and that people aren't going to be there with us, mm -hmm. right? Even if someone happens to die at the same time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing about death is that the, the thing about death that we experience as a community is that we all must go through that, that window, Yeah. you know? Um, but at the end of it all, we experience death individually, right? right? Um, in the presence of our God. Yeah. And so that would lead us to talking about uh, the next portion of the last things. Um, but before we do that, we should probably remind you that we are that podcast, that video cast, that whatever we call ourselves, that calls themselves the Catholic Underground. Waxing and waning, philosophic and theologic, the Catholic Underground is what you're listening to and or watching as well. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Golino. <laughs> We've got uh, Albert up on the Jeff Star 1, while Jeff is still uh, reclining for a, a fair piece. Yeah. And uh, Ed is in the, in the video production zone. Yep. Yeah. We've been talking about the four last things. Uh, we talked about death, of course, which is um, the, the wage of sin. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But we also must talk about what comes after death as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is judgment. Yeah. So if we were just simply dead in our sin, then uh, then divine judgment would be something to be afraid of. Right. But whenever we talk about judgment, we as Christians wait in joyful hope for the mm -hmm. coming of our Lord, not yeah. just his his second coming when everything is judged. But we also as Christians hope, believe it or not, we hope for the day in which we are judged as individuals, particularly, right? you know, where right. we stare in the face of God and we are judged by his merciful and just 
being, by mm. his merciful and just self. Yeah. And I don't think any of us, if we're honest, I mean, if I'm honest, I, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive about that because I know that, that my rap sheet as a sinner mm. is, a, is a long one, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's just, that's, that's pretty much every human being. Yeah. But I think like, and I totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> I vibe with that. But, um, I was reading in revelation the other day about how, um, like in that judgment yeah. and obviously it's all very symbolic language, but like in that judgment, God will, uh, like write his name upon our heads yes. and will give us a new name. Mm-hmm. And so God calls us by name. Mm-hmm. He doesn't call us by the sin. Correct. Right? That's right. He calls us by the name. And even though there is a certain kind of reckoning that has to happen mm-hmm. because, God is ultimately, he's mercy and he's justice, right? And there's, justice is calling a spade a spade, Mm -hmm. right? I have sinned against God in Mm -hmm. these ways. Mm -hmm. And I have to, if I haven't made amends or haven't made reconciliation for these things or or endured the temporal punishment of these things, yeah, I have to do that, right? Yep. I have to reckon for that. That's right. Um, because that's justice. But mm-hmm. it's also a justice that burns with love. Exactly. And yeah. that's the thing that, that oftentimes we can forget. Uh, or worse, we just try and, and, and put it in the closet with all the other junk we don't want to deal with. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but I know that for some reason this past year, I guess maybe because we've all been kind of cooped up, mm-hmm. uh, I've been thinking about, about the four last things a, a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because I was kind of uh, shunted into a rectory monastery, right? My, <laughs> my rectory became a monastery, and monks always think about the last things. Yeah. Um, but but thinking about exactly that of of you know yeah my my, my rap sheet's long, mm-hmm. but but I have experienced the sacramental life of the church, and and thanks be to God for those sacraments. Because as I said in my homily at mass today, not only ought we want to see the face of God, be in the beatific vision. But God wants to see our face, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants to see our face not just here in creation where he can behold it whenever he wants, but he wants to see us essentially at the same level of the restored Eden. He wants to see us with himself, and mm-hmm. he wants there to be no veil in between us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he gives us these helps so that when we undergo judgment, we, we, we do not have zero advocate, mm-hmm. zero advocacy, right? right. We're not trying to be our own um, defense attorney. Right. And so he gives us the sacraments of the church, as you were talking in the book of Revelation, about being signed on the head with the, with the, with the seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in, ancient, uh, in the ancient Jewish text, mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was understood that that seal was a tau. Mm. And in ancient Jewish writings, it doesn't look like a capital T. It looks like a lowercase t, you yeah. know. So the notion that whenever we undergo baptism— we become the children of God. We become mm-hmm. the sons and daughters of God. That which was lost uh, by original sin is now regained by entering through the doors of the church and being baptized into Je- Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that in and of itself is God saying, I want to see your face. Yeah. I want you to begin to, to receive the, these nourishing, um, grace-filled elements mm. so that so that whenever you do stand before me and I must see you as as judge, then then I will be able to not only be just, but but my mercy will be able to flow so easily because you have responded. Because mm-hmm. just the sacraments themselves are God extending His mercy to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What I mean, what's so beautiful is that the 
like you know, we were talking in my class about the, the difference between covenant and contract. Oh, me too. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how, you know, how with a contract, if you don't fulfill your part, I don't have to fulfill my part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and God doesn't make a contract with us. God uh, makes yeah. a covenant with his people. Yep. And in a covenant, you know, I was talking to them about marriage, you know, uh, marriage is a covenant. I am faithful to my vows, whether you are or not, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the same way with God throughout the old Testament. We see God's made this covenant with, with his people yeah. and throughout the old Testament, many, many times mm-hmm. the people are like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try know, to do it on our own. We're going to do this our own way. We're going to build another God, you know, see mm-hmm. what he does for us. And, and God is continuously faithful. Mm-hmm to yeah. us, you know, and faithful to the covenant that he's made with us. And not to say that there aren't, you know, that there, that we can just go willy nilly and do whatever we want because right. God's always going to be faithful. There are certainly, you know, for lack of better terms, there are punishments that yeah. are involved, yeah. you know, but that God is always faithful and that he renews his covenant and he, you know, like he's, mm-hmm. he's constantly going, okay, let's start again, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that's, that's still present today in our individual relationships with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is not going to say, well, you, you know, at, at the end of, you know, at the end of time, he's not going to say, well, yeah. And that's really know. interesting too, because I think that we forego the sacrament of reconciliation or many do. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can safely say that from my side of the confessional, sure. mm-hmm. many do not go to confession because they are afraid of judgment. Right. And it's interesting that they typically are afraid of how the priest is going to judge them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want father to think less of right. me mm-hmm. because I'm going to confession. Baby child, <laughs> I promise you that, that uh, yeah. I think in, in, in confession, I think nothing yeah. of you other than I am glad that you yeah. are here, yeah. right? Because I have to go to confession myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I sit in the confessional as the priest, as the one who is ordained, given holy orders. My job in the confessional is to sit as kind of a, a physical manifestation of God, the just and merciful judge. Mm-hmm. And so as with the covenants in the Old Testament, whenever Israel presents itself to God and saying, I have sinned against you, O Lord, I'm here because you've asked me to come here. Then God never turns, never, never turns anybody away Mm -hmm. that presents themselves for judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And so all I can do as, as a priest is say, I am glad that you are here. Are you sorry for your sins? Well, not only do I, as a member of the church, forgive you, but listen here, God will forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. And then the words of absolution are the divine words of God functioning through his priesthood, mm-hmm. whereby you are judged, found guilty, shown mercy, and absolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes me want to go to confession. Mm-hmm. And yet how many people are just afraid of like that stuff in the closet? Like I, I yeah. gotta I can't talk about that yeah. because even God probably can't forgive that. I don't know what the priest Listen, if all you're thinking about is what the priest is going to do and how he's going to feel, that is directly from the evil one. That is a deception so that you don't get to confession. Mm -hmm. But if indeed all the sacraments are the ways in which God wants to show us mercy so that we can arrive at our particular judgment after we pass through the veil of death, Mm -hmm. then come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. 
Well, they, and all the stuff that we're hiding, it's it's always funny to me because I'm always like, look. From who? Right. Like, and, God, yeah. and I'm like, look, if God yeah. knew, like, he already he knows. knows. Yeah. yeah. He already yeah. knows. And he's waiting still That's for right. us to, like, it's not like we're going to come and God's going to go, <gasps> But he I gingerly says, this. like he says like, to Adam, like, where are you? He yeah. knows where yeah. Adam is. Exactly. Yeah. And he, so he already know he already knows and that's the, that I think is the hurdle that yep. for me like I have to get over yeah like that he's gonna be shocked I'm gonna shock the Lord mm-hmm. no I'm not no nope. yeah. you're also he not already, gonna shock the priest he yeah. already knows you know and that's that's comforting to me to be able to say okay you know it's like a parent who knows exactly what their child did mm-hmm. you know and 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 that that relief that when your parent says I know what you did and mm-hmm. you're like yeah. Okay, well, this is what happened. Right. You know, yeah. like, let me. Let You're me, almost ready for yeah, judgment to be right? dispensed. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's a comfort to me as as a layperson, just to be able to say, what are you What are you hiding, Kathleen? Because mm. you can't you can't hide it. Yeah. He already knows. So just bring it to it to him, give it to him, and let's move on with our mm. lives. Yeah. Well, and I think like the most beautiful thing about like I love teaching about the covenants because mm-hmm. like whereas we think I've screwed up and like. I've, I've sinned against God. I know right. that. And so God's not going to want anything to do with me. Right. So like, and that's our, our conception based on our human relationships. That's right. We see yeah. that, right? right? If someone stands us up, when mm-hmm. we're supposed to have plans. We don't necessarily want to call them the next day. Right. Like we, we, that's we how experience we experience the finiteness life. of mm-hmm. our mercy. Yeah. Yeah. But God, like in the covenants, it starts off with Adam and Eve as very much like the the sons and the son and daughter, right? Yeah. But as we go through the Old Testament, you see that, like they're constantly screwing up the covenant and yeah. in like really horrible, dire ways. Yeah. Like they're yeah, going yeah. for commandment number one and they're doing it like <laughs> big right. time. That's right. yeah. But God yeah. doesn't push them away. In fact, he draws them closer. Yeah. Right. He renews the covenant and he draws them closer. He He makes the, the sign of the covenant enfleshed. That's right. He draws them close. He says, not only are you my son, you're my firstborn son. That's right. And then in, later Tenderly on he says- Tenderly will I speak to you, Jerusalem. Right. Yeah, and then later on he says, not only are you, are you my family, family, my son, you're my bride, mm-hmm. right? Like God wants to marry you. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's pulling you closer and closer. And we would think God should push us away. No, right. like God knows who he is. He is the author of all life. Yeah. And if we've sinned, it means that we have cut ourselves off from life and he's yeah. not going to stand by while we're dying That's right. and say like, do you know what you did? Yeah. yeah. Do you get it? Do you yeah. feel it now? Yeah. yeah. God wants us to come back to him and he wants to, to give his life to us. Mm-hmm. But he also respects our free will and he's going to he's going to continue to invite us. Right. Right. But he's never going to like shove us. And that's like one of those phrases I hear is God is punishing me. That's not how he works. Yeah. We we continue to cut ourselves off more and more from him and we can really we punish ourselves. But but God doesn't punish us. He speaks tenderly to us and tries to draw us back into the sacramental life of the church and to draw us back into that family. And that's why he gives us a church. That's why he gives us the bride that is the church mm. so that we can find a way back to the bridegroom, which is Christ our Lord. Yeah. And and that's why I don't think that it's good to be uh, afraid of judgment if we are well prepared. Yeah. The unprepared soul perhaps can be afraid, but, but the prepared soul, the one who is thinking about the last things, about death and judgment, has nothing to be afraid of. In fact, the only thing we might have is a little bit of apprehension. You yeah. Know? But that's not the same thing as fear. Mm-hmm. So stay right where you are. Uh, the Catholic Underground will be back after this, and we're going to talk about the other last things. It's the Catholic Underground, so stick around.
Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of Thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Wistful string means that we're talking about the four last things on Catholic Underground. I am Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, your friend Olivia Galino, everyone's friend, Aww. and then and then we got we got Alberto, yeah, and Eduardo. See, Edford. Yeah. There's it, Edford. We, Edford. we never I still think it's Edford. We never got uh, a judgment on that. Kevin. So, yeah, that's right. It's okay. It's not Kevin. Yeah. So we're talking about the four last things, and indeed, I, I feel we would be remiss if we if we didn't mention um, reflections on justice by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. He, well, of course, you you know how we 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 dig Pope Benedict. Yeah. Uh, he said the judge who returns at the same time as judge and savior has left us the duty to live in this world in accordance with his way of living. He has entrusted his talents to us. Our third conviction, because he's giving you kind of a list here, uh, is the responsibility before Christ for the world, for our brethren, and at the same time also for the certainty of his mercy. Both these things are important. Since God can only be merciful, we do not live as if good and evil were the same thing. Mm -hmm. This would be a deception. In reality, we live with a great responsibility. We have talents, and our responsibility is to work so that this may be open to Christ, that it be renewed. Yet even as we work responsibly, we realize that God is the true judge. We are also certain that this judge is good. We know his face, the face of the risen Christ, of Christ crucified for us. Therefore, we can be certain of his goodness and advance with great courage. So the notion that there is there is the mercy that, that we hope for, that we don't presume, but part of the way in which we present ourselves for just judgment is by making good on the gifts that he has given us mm-hmm. and by using them for God who is good. Mm-hmm. Which is why St. Paul says all things work to the good for those who love God. Because all the stuff that God gives us to use, our talents, as it is said, is so that we can choose what is best. Mm -hmm. And not just choose between one thing or the other and equivocate Mm -hmm. good and evil, you know. So anyway, that's uh, just some thoughts for thanking. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Pippin. So once we get uh, past the veil of death, once we get to uh, our judgment, our particular judgment... There is an either or mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. awaits, right? Um, and, and so I guess we, we could talk maybe a little bit about the either or. Mm-hmm. Um, per- perhaps we should talk about hell first, yeah. right? Let's do it. Uh, because people don't like to talk about hell, right? Sure. For us, hell is just a swear word, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but, but hell is very much real. Yep. It's a real state of being, a real mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and we know that it's real because we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Those mm-hmm. are his words meant to teach us and to give us uh, kind of words to live by mm-hmm. and to, to um, as Pope Benedict said, to follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesus talks about it, that the children of the kingdom um, that will be driven into the darkness where there'll be wailing and grinding of teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Those who live only for this earthly kingdom. Um, and that's in Matthew's gospel, chapter 8, verse 12. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 25 he says to to the goats, right, to those that mm-hmm. are sorted on his left that yeah. did not minister to the least of his brethren and therefore did not minister to him, depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's Matthew 25, uh, second uh, letter of the, to the Thessalonians. These will pay the penalty of eternal ruin, separated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Yeah. Second Peter, God did not spare the angels who fell into sin. He thrust them down into hell, chained them there in the abyss to await their sentence and torment. And then Revelation chapter 14, the smoke of the fire that torments them will rise forever and ever, and there will be no relief day or night for those who worship the beast or its image or accept the mark of its name. So those are just several examples mm -hmm. um, about what we believe about. We believe that there is a place that we can go if we reject God, reject all of his helps, mm -hmm. reject the church, mm -hmm. reject love, and only care for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's important to note too, because there are a lot of people who are like, well, God sends yeah. so-and-so to hell. Mm -hmm. Look, God doesn't send people. To, mm -hmm. God doesn't just look at somebody and say, you know what? Don't like you. Mm -hmm. Get on You're, out of here. Yeah, that's right. right. You. Yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to be able to talk to young people and say, we choose that. Yeah, that's right. And that, you know, that hell is not this place that, you know, there's not enough room in heaven, so God has to send a few to hell. Mm. It's it's a state that we choose. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, especially my, my younger students are always like, well, what does it look like? And what did, you know, and I'm like, well, this is the way it's There described. are some descriptions. Yeah. yeah. I said, but, but in all actuality, it's, it's the worst thing ever because mm -hmm. it's separation from God. That's mm. right. You've heard me say it on the podcast before. What do a soul in hell, a soul in purgatory, and a soul in heaven all have in common? Mm. They all know that God exists. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's very clear in the scriptures here that that uh, so the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, yeah. chapter 1, verse 9, um, these will pay the penalty of eternal ruin, separated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Mm. That's the penalty of eternal ruin. Whenever mm. we in this life who are given these innumerable talents to, to work for the good and love God, if we choose only to work for ourselves and, and the betterment of the self only for the self's purpose yeah. and not to live for God and therefore live to welcome others into God by our way of life, mm -hmm. we're already separating ourselves from the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's really what hell is. Hell is the permanent choice that we make, that we can make, to say, I've done it my way the whole of my life, mm -hmm. And even in eternity, I don't think I want anybody else telling me how to do me. Yeah. You know? Well, and mm -hmm. I think like uh, Augustine agrees with that, right? Because he calls sin um, love of self to the negation of love of God, mm -hmm. right? Whereas like holiness is love of God to the negation of love of self. Mm -hmm. um, and so like when we put something above God, that's what sin is, right? Yeah. I've said that this other thing is more important I, or this other thing is more desirable, more pleasurable, whatever, mm -hmm. is more important than what God has for me. Yeah. Or I don't believe that God has good things for me, so I'm going to pursue this for myself, right? right. Um, and so like hell is just that the ratification of that like order of priorities, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I've put something else above God and hell just makes that concrete, Yeah. right? Um, but again, that's a choice that we make. Yeah. Um, and I like I, I like to to explain it to people like this, that like God loves your free will mm -hmm. and he knows the risk. Like Benedict the Sixteenth um, reflects on this in uh, the book on called God is Near Us um, about his Eucharistic theology. Mm -hmm. He says that God loves our free will and he honors that. And he knows that there's a the risk that that souls will be lost, yeah. that we will sin. Right. Yeah. But the reward or the value at stake is yeah. so 
um, important and is so sacred that it's worth that risk. That's right. Right. But he's not going to continue to like, or to call after us, right? He's going to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like we are given that precious responsibility of That's choosing right. to say yes to the author of all life. That's exactly right. And, and that is what happens at the moment of our judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, really, if um, I always go back to this preface, it's one of the prefaces for Sunday in ordinary time in the mass, um, that you may see and love in us mm -hmm. what you see and love in your son. The idea, brothers and sisters, is that at the end of our lives, whenever we arrive in that, that courtroom, you know, um, that whenever the Lord looks at us, he will see a carbon copy of his son because that's the way we have chosen to live, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's, the, that's the hope yeah. for each of us. And it's not unattainable. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because there are all saints that we celebrate in this month of November. Yeah. Yeah. Those who attained that. Yeah. And it's not also like there's some kind of like uh, pre-carved way of holiness that no, God right. says you stick to this or else. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we are co-creators with God. That's right. Like he has given us, you know, holy desire and mm -hmm. special talents and mm -hmm. gifts and, and and the ability to be surprised yeah. in this adventure of life, too. That's yeah. the other thing, too, is to be surprised by the ways in which he wishes to dispense his grace to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful process when it's a co-creation. Yep. Right? Yeah. right. If we treat God like a dictator, like I'm just trying to make you happy so that you you won't hurt me. Yeah. Right. right. Then that's not a love relationship. No. Just like it's not a love relationship if God were the type of God and he's not to be like the type of parent to say like, all right, do whatever you want. Just right. come back. Maybe don't be bleeding too that's, bad. That's right. When the street lights come yeah. on, come in, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, that God is inst intimately involved in all these moments yeah. of our lives. And so whenever someone by their own free will at the end of life chooses to say no to that, mm -hmm. well, that's hell. Hell is being separated from God's presence for eternity and having to suffer really by our own making, yeah. you know? So so we move from hell to the place that none of us want to go. In Louisiana, whenever the air conditioning goes out, it reminds us we do not want to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but let's talk a little bit about heaven. Yeah, let's, let's do and, that. And how we get there, right? That sounds nice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, heaven is is that place of eternal loving union with God, right? It's it's where we come to God who is the source of all being, because mm -hmm. he is being himself. He's the source of all goodness. He's the source of all beauty. He's the fulfillment of every human desire, as St. Thomas Aquinas says. Mm -hmm. And heaven is where that yearning within us while we were here on earth, that we were yearning for it over and over and over so much that we became holy. Mm -hmm. This is now the fulfillment of that desire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the uh, the longing that we seek, the the restlessness that we feel, right. the 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 stratification of everything that we desire for ourselves times infinity. Like that's mm -hmm. what heaven is. Yeah, well, I mean, there's that there's that age old quote from Saint Thomas Aquinas, right? Um, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, and. And Augustine. Yeah, Augustine. Augustine. It's okay. I knew it was an A, and I knew as soon as I said it, it was all right. It's okay. Oh, you got it. You You're got doing it. great, Augustine. Yeah, anyway, our hearts are restless. Our until hearts they rest are restless until they rest in you. And and this that I that idea that, like you know, just looking at talking about life right now. Mm -hmm. You know, every time I come to the studio, into the studio, I feel bad because I'm like, and this, and then this happened, and blah blah. But just this idea to look forward to the rest, mm -hmm. right? Not not and just like not just a like a body rest like a mm. nap like you're 
you are where you were created to be. Mm-hmm. And you were eternally refreshed. And you are mm-hmm. there forever. Mm-hmm. And you don't have, like, you know, you are. There's no toil. Yeah. And you are mm-hmm. with the one that your heart desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, I'd almost like to think, and of course this is speculation, uh, toil is a consequence of original sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Toil, work that is hard, yeah. work that is, that is, um, not necessarily life-giving things that got to be done because they got to be done you know but in heaven work is work work is 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 participating in that co-creation for eternity Mm -hmm. that that loving for eternity and our work becomes love right that's what saint Therese of lisieux says Mm -hmm. right after after i die I will let fall a shower of roses because i can do more for you there than i can Mm -hmm. now therese got to work Mm -hmm. when she got to the lord but there's no toil in that in interceding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I'd like to go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Mean, yeah. I, I, I love uh, what Ratzinger says. I just love Ratzinger. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so uh, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger um, of later fame as Pope Benedict XVI um, says that heaven's existence depends upon the fact that Jesus Christ as God is man. And he makes space for human existence in the existence of God himself. Oh, man. So he's carving out this mansion, right? Yeah. That's, it's almost like we get the hint of that. And he says, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I am going to prepare a place for you. Yeah. Wow. And I imagine in, in Baton Rouge, in St. Agnes, there's a, a, a mosaic of the sacred heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the sacred heart, but the whole man of Jesus. But in the, like the part of it where there's the sacred heart, there's yeah. like a few pieces that are missing, like <laughs> from the mosaic. Yeah. And like when I read that for the that sentence from Ratzinger for the first time, I thought about that, like how Jesus makes space for human existence in the existence of God himself. He yeah. emptied himself, taking the form of a human being, yeah. uh, a servant. Yeah in order to to bring us with him yeah, right? to so gather he, us to himself yeah. so we are we are all gathered into the heart of christ mm-hmm. and then we commune with god in jesus forever yeah, yeah. which is why when we receive the sacraments we're receiving the foretaste of heaven yeah because we're receiving the fruit of his pierced heart yeah and i just can't get enough of that like <laughs> That's right. yeah, the idea that like that jesus wants to like nestle me mm-hmm yeah personally Me? you olivia in right, my yeah. yeah in his sacred heart and then like there together with all of the souls mm-hmm. right like that mm-hmm. true communion of saints yeah like being nestled there and being being um in communion with each other and with christ mm-hmm. and therefore with god and all of the new creation and that's why if we live as we ought and not just as we want then there's nothing to be afraid of because even though we can't see past the veil of death and even though uh, the sacraments only peel back the veil so that we can kind of peer in for a moment into the reality of what God wants for us. Um, if we truly live for all of the good things, right, if we live for what is good, if we take uh, readily and handily the gifts that God gives us, then we, there's nothing, there's nothing that yeah. can separate us from the love of Christ. Mm. Um, we should speak very briefly about purgatory. I mean, we could do a whole show on it. Mm. But, um, but, but Christ refers... Um, to to the sinner who will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come, suggesting that we can be freed after death mm. from the consequences of our sins. And St. Paul tells us that when we're judged, each man's work will be tried. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 3, 15, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. 
So this loss, this penalty, can't be consignment to hell since no one is saved there, right. but, but heaven can't be meant because there's no suffering or fire there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the Catholic doctrine of purgatory explains that, that there is this kind of working through with this purifying fire, mm-hmm. uh, that which still must be um, kind of uh, the chaff has to be burned away yeah. so yeah. that the pure wheat can be, can be there. Yeah. And I mean, the way that I, I think about it and um, have like explained it before is like, um, so I think about how like the seraphim, um, we talked about that last week mm-hmm. when we talked about Lucifer, right? Mm-hmm. But the seraphim are the burning ones because mm-hmm. they're the, the choir of angels that's the closest to God, yeah. right? And so they, they burn with love, right? But they also burn because they're reflecting God's holy fire, mm-hmm. right? Like the, um, the Holy Spirit is often portrayed as a fire. So that right. image is like not... Like the burning bush that, that, uh, exactly. that, that yeah. consume, that does not, uh, it, Burns, but does not consume. But burns, but does not consume. Yeah, Yeah, and the Mm -hmm. pillar of fire that leads the Israelites Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. desert. So this this image of fire being associated with God is is Is, kind of commonplace. Also apt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think about like like metals, right? Mm -hmm. Like a metal in order to be made into something new has to be superheated and melted down and all the impurities have to be burned away from it. Otherwise it's going to chip, it's going to crack, it's not going to be what it's supposed to be. And so that's kind of what purgatory is, right? It's the burning away of any of those impurities that are left, Mm -hmm. right? And it's a, it's a, a pain, right? It's a suffering because that's not a comfortable thing for anyone. Right. Right. But that's also why we can start that process here on Which earth. Which is why we experience right, purgatory right. on earth, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. We Whenever can, we undergo penances willfully and willingly, yeah, it's part of what we do. That's also why we can offer those for other souls. Yeah, exactly. Because the souls, all souls, right? The souls that are in purgatory awaiting heaven uh, cannot merit for themselves anymore, right? Because right? mm-hmm. once, once you've died, you can't actually act in a timeline to, uh, to repent, mm-hmm. right? In, in that sense. Um, but, but others can merit for you while you are... Uh, being um, purified, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why we pray for the day. That's why we have masses offered for them. And that's actually not our doctrine to begin with. It's a Jewish doctrine yeah. uh, from way back in, in, if you want to look at the book of Second Maccabees, mm-hmm. chapter 12, um, they they kind of, they prayed for their dead, mm-hmm. that, that God would have mercy on them. And so it's interesting to note that, uh, that the doctrine of, of purgatory, the teaching on purgatory, uh, is not something that the Catholic Church added, but rather it was something that had always been believed by Jews and by Christians alike, but that was rejected in the 1500s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important to note that for sure, um, because a lot of people say, ah, well, I don't need to believe that. Well, that's that's because it was rejected. And the reason mm-hmm. we don't talk about it, especially in our American culture, mm-hmm. is because there's a kind of a Protestant base to a yeah. lot of, of that as well. But thanks be to God for... Mm-hmm. For the presence of purgatory, because again, remember, God doesn't want you to be apart from him. And so he even gives us this mode when we die in the state of grace, you know, not having committed a mortal sin uh, at the time of death, Mm -hmm. but still being still in need of that refinement, that purification with with non-serious sins in our soul. Says I got that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that said, we should not aim for purgatory. We should aim for heaven. Yeah. Because you don't have to go to purgatory. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Father, I'm going to spend a lot of time there. I said, like, don't. Yeah, work you out don't your have salvation to. here now. Work out your yeah. salvation in fear and trembling now mm. so that 
you need not experience that purification of purgatory. That's why yeah. Lent is important. That's why even the penitential bits of Advent are important. Mm -hmm. And that's why undertaking penances throughout the year are important. You mm -hmm. know, do you fast regularly? Do you pray regularly? Mm -hmm. Those are ways in which we do that. So yeah. those are some of the four last things, uh, plus one. And we hope that's been helpful for you. Um, we, we do have our, our rotating segment. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so this week, um, the rotating segment is the monastery down the block. And I didn't know that this monastery was down the block. Uh, the Dominican Sisters of the Heart of Jesus, they are a, a little monastery in, um, in Lockport, Louisiana. So like if you, if you go south and keep going, then you'll end up in Lockport, Louisiana. After you go south and, for a little while. And the, exactly. And the Dominican Sisters, uh, we don't have any, there are no pictures of their monastery. There are no pictures of, of their life together. Um, because they in 2012 went social media dark. Wow! And and it's even it's even on their their uh, Zanga site. Remember that blog that wow. was Zanga? Yeah, what a throwback! It really is. Yeah, and and so they they said. Um, we, the Dominican sister, Dominican nuns of the monastery of the Heart of Jesus, have chosen to withdraw from social media and primarily to use snail mail correspondence. This is part of our community's return to the traditional expression of the Dominican monasticism as Prestamorum Pontificum and Universae Ecclesiae. Hmm. So, so they said, well, um, if you want, if you want to get in touch with us, then uh, send us some snail mail. That's awesome. And so, on the screen, and we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, we provide their their uh, address for you. The only thing that survives is um, a, a video from one of their religious sisters' uh, profession. And so the, the, her, uh, her taking of vows, um, as we're watching in the video, the cutting of her hair, um, she's in, a, uh, she's in a, a wedding dress, right? So beautiful. And so they're showing the, the process there. That's the only video that survives to this day of that monastery down the block, but they're still there. Yeah. Uh, and so in Lockport, Louisiana, uh, a group of nuns, uh, the, the, oh. the, the, the mother superior um, that's in the video has gone on to her eternal reward. Yeah. Mother Mary Elizabeth of Grace died in 2016, but the community still continues on. And so if maybe you're considering um, the, the, a monastery, if you're considering a monastic life as a, a woman religious, uh, maybe you're in Louisiana, maybe you're not, but the monastery down the block is the Dominican Sisters of the Heart of Jesus deep in the heart of Louisiana. Yes, indeed. And so uh, how beautiful that is. So, so maybe that's something that's... Uh, that's helpful for your discernment because, you know, uh, we I think one of the reasons that, that I thought it would be a good idea to start doing the, the monastery down right. the street mm -hmm. or around the block is because the vocations aspect is something that often needs to be remembered. Right. Um, you know, certainly we need souls that are called to holy marriage because we know that that if you're called to marriage, part of your vocation is to help prepare your spouse for final judgment, actually, yeah. <laughs> prepare your spouse for death. And for judgment and for heaven, mm -hmm. right? And and so, if you're called to do that, absolutely you should. But but if you're um, called to religious life, especially as a as a woman religious to the Dominican nuns, it's it's your job to prepare the world mm -hmm. for death, for judgment, and for heaven. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really, I think, some of the things that we forget about women religious is they're not just women who don't have anything else to do, yeah. or or women right. who who have kind of run out of uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, but right. no, it's a specific and beautiful call to be wed to Christ, mm -hmm. right? In a, in that specific and particular way, yeah. And uh, and and how beautiful that is. I love this video because you you often see like when 
when men become priests, when they're ordained, like it's a very public thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're, it's beautiful. Ordinations are, are phenomenal, but this really gives you like a very intimate look at, um, you know, ceremonies that are not, that are, they're not always public. Yeah. Um, generally they aren't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're, but the meaning that goes behind, you know, into ordinations as well as when, you know, women enter into religious life, when they take, you know, whatever stage of vows, the meaning that goes into it, especially, you know, I'm watching here uh, after they cut her hair and putting mm-hmm. her habit on and, and mm-hmm. just how beautiful that is of like, there's a transformation there, yeah. you know, and, and father Chris, while you were talking, like, um, it made me think like, just, I think a lot of times we think that priests and religious, you know, brothers and sisters and, mm-hmm. um, like maybe they have an easier path to holiness mm-hmm. um, no. and it's totally not true because no, not oh, true. A, a very good friend of mine, um, who's a priest in our diocese would say all the time, something to the effect of like the, what is it like the the road to hell is paved with the skulls the of priests skulls and of bishops priests and bishops and it's like dang mm-hmm. you know just you know just i just want to acknowledge that um you know responsibility that you guys have mm-hmm. um not only for yourself but for the people that you shepherd mm-hmm. um and so I just want to say thanks yeah. for for taking that on because I don't know if like, I'd want that quote to be said That's right. about me. That's St. John Chrysostom. And, he yeah. says, the road to hell is paved with the skulls of erring priests with bishops as their signposts. Yeah. Like, ooh, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. He is the golden tongue. He is the golden tongue, yeah. yeah. And, but but it, it speaks yeah. to the responsibility that you guys have. Absolutely, yeah. because that's the thing. And, and just as, as women religious are there to, to kind of prepare the world for death, right. judgment, and heaven, that's what priests are there for too. And and the priesthood is such a beautiful gift because it is is not only for you, but it's also for me. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as the priest uh, extends the healing hand of God and the sacraments of reconciliation and of anointing, as the priest extends the, the presence of God in the sacrament of the Eucharist, right? Yeah. As the priest extends the hand of God in baptism and, and everything, uh, I'm also constantly reminded of my own need for God, my mm-hmm. own need for the sacraments of healing. Mm-hmm. And so it really is this beautiful uh, symbiotic relationship of the bride with the bridegroom, you know, mm-hmm. me acting in, in the person of Christ in certain ways, but also realizing that I'm I'm part of the bride as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I act as bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a visible sign of, of Christ the bridegroom by being unmarried uh, and, and a man and, mm-hmm. you know, doing these things that Jesus did. Um, but I'm also part of the bride, the church, mm-hmm. yeah. and and so yeah, I I um, I, I want I want my head first of all to be attached to my body, mm-hmm. and uh, I want it to be in the beatific vision, looking yeah. at God, not just looking up at the next foot yeah. headed down the road to perdition that I caused, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, no, that's it's it's real. It's right, and, and that's the thing. Uh, death is real. Mm-hmm. Judgment is real. Uh, hell is real, mm. but thanks be to God, heaven, mm-hmm. yeah. heaven is real. It is a place that you and I are called to. None of us, none of us is called to hell. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of us. I keep, yeah. uh, I mentioned at the, the break that I've been like kind of interiorly meditating on Song of Songs this whole time. Um, and I keep coming back to it, even as we're watching the, the video mm-hmm. and listening to Father talking. Um, like, um, I think it's Song of Songs 4, right? Like a, a, a garden enclosed. Oh, yeah. Uh, a fountain sealed. Uh, my sister, my bride. Mm-hmm. But even like the, the verse has like really been on my mind is um, 
from chapter eight, right? Who is this coming up from the desert, leaning upon her beloved, mm-hmm. right? And I just imagine like like a, the sun is setting on the world, you know, on the universe, mm-hmm. and like we want to be leaning on Christ, yeah, um, like that's John, what, like the beloved disciple, yeah, and that's what we help each other do in our relationships. But we help each other in in the sacrament of marriage, and mm-hmm. we lean on our priests, right? But we lean on ultimately Christ Himself. Um, that's what all the sacraments are there yeah. for, right? To help that's us right. to lean on Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we're limping, yeah, right, yeah, right we're yeah. limping into that that final resting exactly. place. And as long as you can get there, yeah, you know, uh, that's why I would say at the moment of my death, I hope there's a young spry priest who can find where I am and bring me the last sacraments yeah. viaticum and anointing of the sick, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and as a priest, some of the most, um, some of the most profound experiences I've had of, of leaning up against the, the chest of Jesus mm-hmm. is whenever I'm giving someone the last sacraments, yeah. you know, because yeah. you realize at that moment that you're preparing them to close their eyes and then to open them again, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so be not afraid, right? Be not afraid. Uh, there's there's nothing to be afraid of if you are doing the good, working towards more and deeper love of God. Mm-hmm. As always, the Catholic Underground is made possible by viewers, by listeners, by prayer warriors, and by benefactors like you. You can become an official undergrounder. Find out more at catholicunderground.com slash donate. You can also help us by letting others know about us. So remember to like us, to heart us, to star us on your platform of choice, however you're listening or viewing us. If the podcasting service you use to listen has a review option, please consider leaving a favorable comment because that helps other people to find us as well. All righty. I think I'm ready for the month of November Yeah. after yeah, this program. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Glad that you were all here. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee. She's at klee626 on Instagram. Kathleen. Anytime. Have you posted anything on Instagram lately? I love Instagrams. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Lots of funny things. Yeah, and you have, as a matter oh, yeah. of fact. Yeah, Kathleen's comedy channel. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. Also, <laughs> Olivia Galino is at the.real.omg on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Also, uh, we've got uh, Albert DuPont, who's up in the Jeff Star One, who's our technical director for this episode. Ed Ball is our video director. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And thou knowest me, thou hast partied with me. I am Father Chris Decker. You can find out more about me and what I do uh, in Inktober and elsewhere at Digital Catholic on Twitter and on Instagram. You've been listening to the Catholic Underground. We are trying to cut through the noise so that you can find that still small voice. We're happy that you've been with us to join us, and we will see you next time.